I hope that worship just really helped you get your eyes focused in the right place. I love our team, man. They are crushing it. And uh, I'm way up to date. I, I, all the time, I'm like, we got to be playing the newest songs. And now, like, Scott and the team, they're pumping out songs. I got to, like, Google. I don't even, it's, it's incredible. Just awesome stuff every week. I'm so grateful for them. I hope you are, too. Uh, send them some love online or social media if you're thankful for them. Hey, uh, we're about to jump into the next message in our series called Peace Thief. The thief today is your mind. The talk is called Stuck in Your Head. How many of you have been there? Let's pray, and we're going to get right into jumping into this passage in Isaiah. One verse, actually, Isaiah 26 and verse 3. Let's go. Dear God, we just thank you for what you're going to do in our lives and in our hearts right now. We got a lot of distractions, a lot of struggles going on. We, we come here from all different kinds of places, dealing with all different kinds of things. We thank you that you love us as we are, but you also call us to something better. And, and you lead us there through your word. So would you help us to see See it clearly and see you clearly. Help us to have a willing heart open to what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. This message is called Stuck in Your Head. And we're looking at this verse in Isaiah 26 and verse 3. It's one line in a song. You ever have a song, a line of a song that gets stuck in your head? You ever been in that kind of space where you're just walking around and for some reason it's just on replay stuck in your head? Maybe like if you got little kids, maybe like you spent months with like baby shark do 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 baby shark do 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 stuck in your head. What's great about it now is like some of you won't even be able to focus for the rest of the message because you know what's going on? Baby shark, do, 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 do. Or for you country boys, I right? like kick the dust up. Down, 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 down. Kick the dust up. You don't even know those songs, but I like get stuck in your head. I'll be walking around my house and somebody will be like, I was getting used to being someone you love, but now the day bleeds and the night falls and you're not here to do. I don't even know the name of that song. I don't even know who sings it. It literally gets stuck in my head because it gets stuck in the head of the people walking around my house. Like, it's crazy how that can happen. You, you get a song, a line of a song stuck in your head. I would love to know what lines of songs get stuck in your head. I'm also thinking it's probably pretty revealing. Like, if you got some 90s rap stuck in your head, we got to talk. Like, you got some issues. If you got, like, some nirvana stuck in your head, I know a good counselor you can talk to. Right? Like, I, I, some of you go way back. You're like, you're like, Jilly, young Billy Jean's not my falsetto in it all up. It's crazy how, like, one line of a song gets stuck in your head. And almost unconsciously, almost without thinking about it, it just goes on replay. You don't know the song. Sometimes you don't even know the words. You're just kind of getting a few words right here and there. Sometimes you don't even know who sings it. Sometimes you don't even know where you heard it from. It just gets stuck in your head. 
you get stuck in your head. And without any effort, your attention goes right to that place. The, the, the passage, this verse that I'm going to read you in a minute, it's a one line of a song that if you want to experience peace in your life, if, if you want to experience that, you have got to get this line stuck in your head. It's way better than anything Nick Jonas is throwing out there. This is way more meaningful than anything like uh, whoever these, I don't even know, like uh, Marshmallow, like that. there's a guy, there's literally a guy, like his name is Marshmallow right now. And uh, like, I don't, Billy, I, like whoever, you need this one stuck in your head. It's a song that the prophet Isaiah gave to the nation of Israel. And it was prophetic in the sense that it was a declaration that one day, even through the midst of all the trouble they were going through, through even in the midst of the attacks they were under the the the, they had it rough they had it rough isaiah the prophet comes to the nation of israel and he's like one day you're gonna sing this song one day this song will be sung in the land of judah exile or not circumstances going down the drain or not today this is a song you need stuck in your head. And listen, I don't know what your life looks like, but I know we all got stuff. I got stuff. You got stuff. Everybody watching this, everybody in this with us has got some sort of challenge and something going on that, that's heavy, that's hard, that's exhausting. You're watching this and you're like, man, if you just take a second and think about what your life has looked like, it's been difficult, and you're struggling. And maybe you put on a good show and a happy face, but we all got stuff we're wrestling with, exhaustion we're trying to carry. Isaiah 26, verse 3, is a line of a song. It's my prayer. It gets stuck in your head this week. It's my prayer that this is a line of a song that you will be singing, even though your troubles are big today as you walk forward and follow Jesus to what he has for you next. You ready for this? Listen to this. I want like get your get your pens out. Like you're a rowdy bunch. I know it. I love that about you, but it's time to like lock this one in. Get a pen out. Get ready to write in your Bible. It's cool. I write in my Bible all the time. You're going to be we're going to circle some stuff. Verse 3, one verse. You will keep in perfect peace, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. You will keep, it's talking about God, it's a song of people who were troubled and have walked through it. It's a reflection on what God has done, a prophetic reflection about what God has done through the storms in their lives. It's like you're going to be able to look back one day. You're not there yet. You're going to be able to look back on that garbage you had to walk through in your marriage. You're going to be able to look back on that junk you had to walk through at work. You're going to be able to look back on those pains as you walk someone you love through addiction. You're going to be able to look back on the grief 
you're in right now because you lost somebody. You're going to be able to look back on the betrayal you felt because somebody stabbed you in the back. You're going to be able to look back on the the emptiness you were wrestling with and the depression that almost sunk you. You're going to be able to look back and say, he kept me in perfect peace because my mind was steadfast on him. It's, it's an amazing verse. I'm praying it's true for all of us. And we got to like take notes of just a couple of things in here. Like these are some good, like some good notes. Like it's time to like be a verse snob about this stuff. It's time to be like a connoisseur. Like put this in your glass and swirl it around and see how these notes taste. You got perfect peace. I mean, that's what we all long for. It's it's what we all want. We want anything perfect. Like, give me some perfect. I I want my relationships to be perfect. I want to feel perfect love. This is perfect peace. Perfect peace. The word there actually in the Hebrew, which is what this Old Testament was written in originally, it's it's the way of expressing perfect peace in their language was actually shalom, shalom. It was like peace, peace. Like, I got to get the peace, peace. Like, I need some peace, peace. Like, not just one piece. I need, like, two pieces of peace. Like, two, two pieces of the peace pie. Like, that's what I, I just need. It's, it's so redundant and a, a point of emphasis. See, you get to perfect peace by having a little bit of peace with more peace thrown on top. A little peace sprinkled around the edge with a little peace cherry placed on top of that. Like it's peace, peace. And that's what God's got for you. No one else got that for you. No one else throws you peace and more peace and more peace and wants to pile it on you in your life. God's got an emptyless bucket of blessings that he wants to pour on you. When he says he's come to, for you to have a full heart, he's not talking about cash money in the bank account. He's talking about peace, unending peace, peace that surpasses your understanding, peace, peace from his spirit inside of you. It's peace, peace, perfect peace. I need that. I don't need to just take a sip. I need all of it. I need to drink daily from what he has for me. I need it. I need to know his peace. His peace. Nobody's got his kind of peace. I need to know his peace in my relationships. As I look at people I love who are struggling, I need his peace. The kind of peace that comes from a sovereign God who knows our beginning and our end, who's writing a story, who's coming back for us. I need to know his peace. The God who is not surprised by the circumstances in your life. I need his peace. Nobody's got that peace for you. People will come in your life. They'll love you well. They'll bring some peace in your life. Some of you are looking at, you're like your, your grandparents, right? Like they were like, Agents of peace in your life, and when you're around them, you just felt safe and comforted and at peace for a time. 
Maybe some of you have parents like that. They were just really good at ushering peace into your life. Maybe some of you are sitting next to somebody who just loves you well and offers peace into your life. But nobody can sustain. Nobody has the emptiness bucket, the overflowing well of peace that God has for you. Nobody. It's not just peace. It's more peace. It's a peace that can, that can sideline the difficult circumstances you're going through that well up in you feelings of chaos and frustration and pain. It's the kind of peace that can take that and wash it out, overcome it. It's peace, peace, perfect peace. Who needs some perfect peace? Who needs some of that peace? Because if you're good, man, maybe the rest of this message doesn't apply to you. But if you're looking at your life and, and, and there's a little part of you that says, I gotta, get, I gotta have more. Like, there's gotta be more. I'm tired and exhausted from the chaos and the pain and the difficulty. There's got to be more. There's a peace giver. It's Jesus. And he's got more and more and more peace. He doesn't give seconds. He gives thirds and fourths fifths. Peace, peace. Not only that, but the word before that in this one line of a song that you got to get stuck in your head, it says he will keep you in perfect peace. See, there's a whole lot of people like wrestlers. Hey, you ever see wrestlers trying to play basketball? I don't know why they're always trying to play basketball like our campus pastor wrestled Division One and or Tremont Ryan and and he's like I, I know like they're just crazy a different breed. Some of you maybe are wrestlers and whenever they would get a break from wrestling, they would go like throw it down on the basketball court, which just meant that they were like playing like hackball, like just nailing each other all over the place and jumping about this high off the. I'm sorry, did I just, <laughs> like you, but you know, like they'll get up and touch the rim, but they're not going to dunk it and hang on it. Like they're just built for grappling on the ground. Like I, I used to be able to grab the rim a little bit, but I couldn't hang on to it. Like I was a goalkeeper in soccer. I'm good at diving high sideways, not straight up and down. I could jump over garbage can that way. I could jump over a squirrel this way. That's about all we got. Like, it's not just like hang on a little bit to peace or tap the rim of peace. This verse says like, he will keep you. Not you will keep you in perfect peace. You can't keep you in perfect peace. You're not strong enough to, or good enough to be that awesome when you're facing difficult circumstances. I'm not good enough and strong enough to be that awesome when I'm facing difficult circumstances. I can tap the rim of peace. I can hang on it a little bit, but I can't dunk it and stay there. He keeps you in perfect peace. The people in your life, the things you run to, they may give you a little bit of peace. You tap, you, that addict taps that, that vein for a second, feels a little bit of peace, but ushers in more chaos. You, you run to sensual pleasure for escape, you, you touch a little bit of peace, but you can't stay there. What you usher into your life is more heartache and more pain, and it spreads. You can touch, see, you can touch the rim of peace on your own, but you can't stay there. God gives perfect peace, and he can sustain you in that peace. 
He can keep you there as long as you need to stay there. I'm tired of touching the rim of peace. I'm tired of just like visiting once in a while, like showing up, like now things have gotten so bad, I don't think I'm going to make it. So now I'm going to hang out with a little bit of peace. Now I need a little bit of Jesus in my life. Now I need to, to, to sing some worship songs. Now is when I need to like get down on my knees and pray because I can't take it anymore. No, I'm, I'm sick of living like that. I, I, you see, God's got more for you than just touching the the the, the rim of peace. He's got more for you than just visiting the house of peace and then bolting. He's got more peace, perfect, perfect peace. And he, not you, not any person, not anything, not any drug, not any feeling, not any amount of money, not any amount of earthly comfort, he's the one who can keep you in that peace, which is where you need to be. It's perfect peace. And he will keep you there. But what you find in the next part of this verse is the key to to having the right head for him to be able to keep you in the peace he has for you. See, it's there offered all the time. It's free. It's available. It's a blessing and a promise from God. A big promise. This is a big promise from God. God that we don't take advantage of because it's a conditional promise. It says this, those he will keep in perfect peace, those whose minds circle that are steadfast, circle that because they trust in you. That last part, they're steadfast because they trust in you. We're going to look at it in a second. But the first part we have to acknowledge is this isn't a battle of your heart or your feelings. This isn't, a, this isn't about your feelings first. This isn't about what you're feeling when you're going through a tough day or you're having a great day. We talk about the heart a lot in church. We talk about your heart a lot. God wants your heart. He loves your heart. We want to care for your heart. We want to come alongside your heart. We want to live Lift your heart up. We want to see your heart strengthened. But this, it's not about your heart. This is a battle for your mind. A mind that we get stuck in. A mind we need a new song stuck in. It's a battle for your mind. The Bible talks a lot about our minds. We, we often approach spirituality and God based on our feelings alone or just learning intellect alone, but it's talking about so much more than that. You see, the Bible, just to rip off a couple things, in Matthew 22, 37, Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And with all your mind. It's how you think. It matters. Your thinking matters. I think a lot of times it's where we fail first. It's what, it's our thinking that leads to some faulty feeling. It's our thinking that leads to some some missteps in action. And it becomes circular. We think the wrong thing. We feel something because of it. We act on that feeling. And And it just circles and circles. Or we feel something and we think wrong. And then we do take the misstep. And a circle just begins, a circle. It's a battle for your mind, and the Bible talks a lot about it. We're supposed to love 
not just with our heart, not just with our soul. We're supposed to love God with all of our mind. We're also supposed to have the mind of Christ. Like we're supposed to emulate not just how he lived, but how he thought, how he taught us to think. 1 Corinthians 2.16, Philippians 2.5. I'm just throwing references at you. We don't have time to jump into them. But if you want to dig deeper, this is where all the good stuff comes from. Those are some verses to help you dig deeper. We're supposed to have the mind of Christ. We're not supposed to set our mind on earthly things. It teaches us in Philippians 3.19. How many of you got stuck because your mind is set on earthly things? You're watching, you're watching unending amounts of news now that this election season. Nonstop news, your mind is set on earthly things. I don't care how, what, who you're voting for. We don't care about that here. We, we're, we're, but I do care about your mind being stuck on earthly things. There is no politician that can save you. None. There's something bigger. That's what we're after. Something bigger from Jesus. Maybe they can help. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not saying you should vote. They can help. Go out and vote however you're going to vote based on what God's leading you to. But man, there's something better. We're supposed to not set our mind on earthly things. We're supposed to set our mind on things above, Colossians 3, 2. You see, the mind is where the battle lies for peace in your life. The mind is our thief. Our peace thief is our own mind. Write it down. Your biggest struggle for peace has to do with how you think and what you're setting your mind on. The right mind, it says in this, is a mind that is steadfast. This word here is actually stayed upon him. That's what that means at the end of this. It means I know we're getting like deep, right? Like this is a mind that is stayed upon him. It's this word saw mark. Nobody cares about that, but it's really important because when you dive into what this word actually means, man, the Bible is so rich. Wait, this, is, this blew my mind as I was studying this. I've read this verse a bunch of times. I've never looked at it this deep. And man, this was like, it stayed upon Salmach. It means this. It means to lean upon, to sustain, to keep, the, to take hold of. And then my favorite, to lie hard. That's my new, like, lie. You know what it means to lie? I'm not talking about, like, no, I didn't eat any cookies, and I'm going to stick to that whole, like, no, I didn't eat the rest of the ice cream. I'm not talking about that kind of lie. I'm talking about like I get home from church on Sunday and I like wherever I step in the door and sit down, I like pass out, knocked out, sleep, <laughs> recovering from this whole thing you all, we're all doing together. Like that's lie hard. Lie hard. To, to lie down and rest like you're knocked, like you just, you just got to crash on it. You just got to, you see, this is the mind that just lies hard on God. It's a mind that crashes on him. It's a mind that like, it's like the picture of you get home from work and you're exhausted. You just crash on to God. You wake up and you didn't sleep all night because you've been wrestling with your anxiety. It's a mind that runs to God and just 
crashes on him, lies on him hard, depends on him hard, stays on him, sustains on him. It's a mind whose focus has to crash on God instead of crash on your circumstances. It's a mind that says, I'm, I'm going to make a decision. I'm not going to crash on what the talking heads are telling me. I'm going to crash on who God is and what he's telling me. It's lie hard. I, I want a whole bunch of people who lie hard. Like I got I to gotta lie hard with my mind on what God's telling me, where he's leading me, what he wants me to focus on. We don't get there because like we're chasing the shiny thing all the time. Come on, man, like chasing the shiny. Whatever jumps into our lives that like catches our attention right in the moment, whatever clickbait title we see online as we're scrolling, whatever notification pops up on our phones, like the next shiny thing grabs our attention and steals it. I started my day reading this verse. You know what? Man, it felt so good. This sermon's way better because instead of chasing whatever shiny little thing I jumped onto, and I lied hard on God first. You see, this kind of mindset, it's a mindset that is dependent upon, that sees a need for fixing our heads by focusing on who God is. It's a mindset that doesn't just visit there with an occasional Christian thought. Like, oh, hey, oh, man, I feel bad for Timmy and Karen. They're so, they're so like, angry, and, but we're going to, I'll love them. That's like visiting a Christian thought. Like, I'm going to consider forgiving them. That's like when you have one Christian thought. That's not what this verse is saying. It's not just the occasional Christian thought. It's not just an occasional moment where you think about God. It's not just when you show up to church and Scott and Maddie are jamming on an awesome worship tune. It's not, it's not, this is like lie hard on him. Lie hard on him. It's not the occasional Christian thought throughout your day sprinkled in when the mood hits you, the goosebumps tickle you. It's not that at all. This is about focusing and fixing your mind on him every day, not chasing the shiny thing around your life. You can do that. And you can do that. You can do that just by making some simple changes in how you approach your day, just by being aware of what you're looking at first. Just be about aware about where you're taking your mind when it's tired and exhausted, where you're trying to escape to when you're feeling the pressure, and it's making a choice to lie hard on God with how you think more and more and more every day. You do that practically through prayer, meditating on Him. Psalm 1, right? Like Psalm 1, 2, His delight, the tree, a person who's planted by a stream of living water, unshakable, unmovable, that kind of person it describes in Psalm 1. They are someone whose delight is in the law of the Lord and they meditate on it day and night. It's about lying hard on what God has for you. There's this story of Mary and Martha. It's a long story. It could be a sermon in itself, but I just want to wrap with it because it's a great it's a great 
application of what this actually looks like, what this actually looks like. Mary and Martha were friends of Jesus, and he was going to stay there in Luke chapter 10. It's a shorter account of that, so I just want to hit it in that passage, Luke chapter 10 and 38. It says that Jesus was coming their way. They had a village and a house there, and he decided that he was going to visit this woman named Martha, whose sister was Mary, opened her home to him. They both lived there together, and and Jesus goes in, and Mary sits down at his feet listening to what he had to say. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do uh, the work all by myself? Tell her to help me. Like her thoughts caused some feelings of frustration to arise in her. It drove her actions faster and faster. You see the circle of thinking when we're not lying hard on God the circle of thinking she's just for good reason like you for good reason her mind is running to so many different things listen your mind is running to so many different things for good reason you're jumping to the news probably for good reasons they're just not the most important reason you're you're seeking escape it's because God put a desire for something bigger in your heart. You're just, you're, you're starting with the right intent. You're just messing up the direction. Mar- Martha's running around like crazy. She is focused on so many different things. Her mind is running to what she has to do. Is she going to be a disappointment? Is everything good enough? Do I have everything placed where it needs to be placed in my life? It's the same inner dialogue that so many of you run with every day. Jesus wasn't saying what you're thinking isn't important. He said it's not the most, it's not where you start. There's something more important. Meanwhile, Mary, she's lying hard at the feet of Jesus, just attentive listening, focused. And when Jesus takes these two women, God love them, these two amazing women who were trying so hard, when he takes them and contrasts them, he says to Martha, you're missing it. You're worried about many things. You're upset about many things, but few things are needed. Or indeed, I love when Jesus does this. He draws it down even clearer. One thing is needed. And Mary got it right. What did she get right? Man, she was just lying hard at the feet of Jesus and fixing her mind on him. Don't fix your mind on earthly things, things that cannot give you hope, things that cannot give you peace. Fix your mind on things above, Scripture says, and you will experience and God will keep you in peace, peace, perfect peace. You won't just touch the rim anymore. You'll reside in it. Focus on Him and listen to Him by jumping into His Word, by meditating on Him, by by drawing your eyes to Him, by having Him be the first place you spend your time. Read the stories about Him. Listen to the voice of Him. Jump in and and dig into the words of the worship that we're going to play in a second. Like, fix your mind on Him and He will keep you in perfect, perfect 
peace as you trust him. He's got more for you. And I hope you can experience it this week. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you. Your love is so amazing. We thank you that you have peace, peace for us, perfect peace, and that you keep us there as we are steadfast in you and trust in you. And help us to lie hard with how we think on you and what you have for us. Practically speaking, there's some people who've never paid attention to you. They need to shift their focus to you now and maybe even say, God, my life's yours. I need you to take it in a new direction. There's some people watching this, listening to these words. They've got to make a shift in their thinking and say, I'm not going to run to all this other stuff. I'm going to run to your word. I'm going to start my day with it. I'm going to end my day with it. I'm going to crash hard on it. I need to think on what you want me to think on. I need to, to set my mind on things above and not this other junk. I need the peace you have for me. I pray practically some people would make some decisions that lead to some real change in their lives that will lead to experiencing peace. I thank you for doing this good work in my life too. I need it. I need to get better at it. In Jesus' name, amen.